came by, hey, dude, we're going to Bon Jovi tonight. I'm like, I'm working. I can't. I'm like, just take a break and come down. We're going to get a hand stamp. Sure enough, did that. Well done. So, so they didn't out. see the stamp on your hand. <laughs> Wonder where you hey, were did going. Ah, uh, no, that was like from other <laughs> things. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Better than average day in the Storm Team forecast, as you heard Melissa detailed there. High of 76 degrees away from Lake Michigan. Let me see. Let me do the math on this. 33 years ago today, 1990, blizzard conditions in southeast Wisconsin. Okay. All wow. right. So it can happen. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel called it blizzard conditions. The official snow total in Milwaukee for May 10th, 1990, was 3.2 inches. But as you got away from the city and away from the lake, which apparently kept temperatures a little bit warmer for that day, the snow totals were higher. Waukesha, according to the Journal Sentinel, reported four and a half. Pewaukee at seven and a half. Reports of up to eight inches in Hartford in Washington County. Eight <laughs> Come inches. On. Come on. They declared a snow emergency when, on this day. Is that that can't be the latest we've seen snow in recent memory? Is I it? was reading up on it. Not the latest we've seen snow, but certainly the biggest like May snow totals. Yeah, that's a lot. Eight inches. Oh. And if you look outside right now, I mean, you can see the leaves are in bloom and things like that. So it caused a lot of problems in terms of power outages and stuff because the trees couldn't bear the weight. Right, yeah. All that going on. I'm trying to think back now. So I would have been a sophomore in high school at Tosa East. So I guess tennis practice was canceled that day. <laughs> hey, do you have, any, you have any recollection or I, no? I don't. But, I mean, it wasn't terrible. I wish it had been more, but it wasn't terribly uncommon for practice or a match sure. to get snowed out. <laughs> Spring sports in Wisconsin, terrible. I do feel like we're turning. Does, does it feel like we're 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 on the bend now, where please? everything's going to warm up? Yes, please. please. We've got Marissa live with us at seven twenty this morning, but just looking ahead, yeah, seventies, seventies, mid sixties, seventy away from the lake. I mean, what are the chances it could happen again? Stop Honestly, it, Debbie. No, I'm no, I'm just saying because I want to be a contingency plan made in my head so I don't go ape. When it actually does well, happen. Well, look, two things: don't put away the snowblower just yet, and okay. don't plant anything in your garden. You know, like don't like late. vegetables and stuff like that. <laughs> well, yeah. What did you plant? I haven't planted anything, but we have picked up some. We have picked up some annuals that we want to do something with here. Pretty I think soon. annuals you can kind of get away with the and stuff that you need to grow. You know, if you want, you want to grow tomatoes in your little garden or whatever. You still have your snowblower ready to rock? Are you kidding? Me? I'm not a big snowblower guy anyway. I usually just shovel. Yeah. So, just I gotta I, clear out the strawberries though, because they're they're still covered in protective stuff see well that's that's probably wise 514 <laughs> here on wisconsin's morning news time for an update from the gruber law offices one call that's all sports desk here's brandon snide going into last night's game brewer starter eric lauer had been lights out against the dodgers throughout his career posting a seven and one record with a 2.37 era but on tuesday night Will Smith and the Dodgers finally ended those slumps at the plate. 1-1 one, one pitch. Pulled down the left field line. Yelich going back to the track at the wall, and it is going to fly out of here. Will Smith with a solo home run makes it 4 nothing Dodgers. Lane Grindle on the call there as the Dodgers chase out Lauer, who gave up three earned runs in three and two-thirds innings. And L.A. defeats Milwaukee, ending their two-game win streak by a final score of 6-2 to two on Tuesday night. The Brewers' offense, which only mustered up five hits against a Dodgers team that lost their starter Noah Syndergaard to a finger injury and faced a bevy of pitchers, 
throughout the course of the game. I mean, that's a bullpen game that that's that happens in today's game. Um, bottom line is that we didn't put enough pressure on them in those those four innings, I think. And um, to, even to just put multiple hitters up there, run, you know, challenge pitch counts, challenge matchups. I know we just didn't do enough in those innings. The 20 and 16 Brewers will go for the series win later this afternoon. Coverage begins right here on WTMJ at 12.05. Wade Miley is slated to get the start. Over to the NBA, where the awards are continued to be handed out as the NBA All-Defensive Team featuring a pair of Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday continues his streak of being named to the first team in every year since he has been tr- been traded to Milwaukee in 2020. Brooke Lopez, who finished second in the Defensive Player of the Year voting, he was named to the All-Defensive Team for the first time in his career. Notable void for the Bucks, though. No Giannis on the list, not on the defensive All-Defensive Team for the first time since 2018. And finally, changes coming to a popular golf tournament led by Wisconsin's own Steve Stricter. The PGA Tour Champions American Family Insurance Championship will have a new home starting in 2025 when it moves across Madison to Wisconsin's first TPC Network course. The course formerly known as Cherokee Country Club was added to the TPC Network portfolio in May of 2022. The AmFam champ has been held at the University of Wisconsin's own University Ridge course since its debut in 2016. Yeah, Stricker's working on the rebuild of that course, and it's going to be amazing. I can only imagine. Right. It's 518 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Coming up on 522, former President Donald Trump headlines a CNN town hall tonight in New Hampshire. How about the timing of this? And the debate over whether CNN even ought to give the former president and 2024 candidate that forum. We'll explore that question in a moment, but it comes right on the heels of Trump's loss in civil court, decision that he's already vowed to appeal. A woman, E. Jean Carroll, awarded a jury verdict of about $5 million associated with her claims that Trump raped her some 30 years ago. The six men and three women of the jury found that Trump sexually abused Carol in a department store dressing room in the 1990s, though they were not convinced he raped her as she had claimed. They did agree Trump defamed Carol by calling her story a complete con job, a hoax and a lie, and insisting Carol was not my type. It's ABC's Aaron Katursky on the verdict. So this is where things initially even get a bit confusing and perhaps grounds for Trump's appeal. The jury apparently didn't fully believe the woman finding that she was sexually abused but not raped, as she claimed, as Katursky detailed there, but they still returned a verdict in her favor. You have decades-old claims, no hard evidence, actual witnesses, but for the woman and a couple of people whom she claimed she had told about the incident all those years ago was enough for the jury in this case. Kind of a classic he said, she said, where former President Trump still claims he has no idea even who she is. Have to think it at least was somewhat based on Trump's history of boorish behavior and his inexplicably reckless testimony in the deposition in that case. Because remember, Eric, uh, Trump not only didn't testify, but didn't even show up for court, mm-hmm. which he didn't have to. And that was a, a decision apparently that he made with his attorneys. So what the jury had to work off of was his recorded deposition. Uh, Katursky explains a little bit how that played out. Jurors heard Trump's own words on the now infamous Access Hollywood video. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just, you know, I don't even know. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Carol's team called that a confession. 
pressing Trump in his deposition. Well, historically, that's true with stars. Trump, who was repeatedly given the opportunity to testify, never once attended the trial, a decision his attorney defended. What more could he say other than I didn't do it? Trump calling the verdict a disgrace, a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. So again, Trump vowing to appeal. Ultimately, my guess is that has zero effect, positive or negative, on his campaign for president in 2024. And that brings us to tonight, CNN with a 7 p.m. our time town hall with candidate Trump, the uh, early primary state of New Hampshire playing host. I wonder how much time they spend on that trial that just wrapped up. And how anxious he is to, I mean, he's out, been out on his Truth Social. Oh, yeah. Social media network uh, continuing to call it a witch hunt, continuing mm-hmm. to claim he doesn't know the woman. So I, knowing the former president, he'll be anxious to answer those questions. And a lot of criticism for CNN, although I'm not sure what you do if you are CNN. There's uh, Joy Reid, who's with MSNBC. She calls this an open attempt by CNN to push itself to the right and to show its underbelly to MAGA. Uh, she's got a colleague, Chris Hayes, calls a town hall very hard to defend, asking why CNN would provide a live platform to someone who defended rioters at the Capitol and whatnot, called the election rigged and whatnot. However, at the, he is the highest polling Republican candidate in the 2024 presidential campaign. So he is the de facto leader of his party, should he not be part of a town hall. Well, and <clears throat> this is where, in, in my career in, in broadcast have, have kind of um, exactly as you described sort of been on the fence on that remember during act 10 we would have different people on the noon show or whatever i was doing at tmj4 we'd have a live guest in the morning or whatever sometimes we'd have then governor walker on describing what he was doing with act yeah. 10 how that was proceeding and I, we would get all this hate mail of how do you give him a platform to come on and spew his lies and then You'd have one of the Democratic leaders on to talk about with it. How do you get these activists a chance? You know, yeah. so I always would would respond if you don't like the person that we've had on. So say you're an anti-Trumper, don't you want to hear what he has to say so you can counter your argument against him? You know, like he's running against your side. Don't get, you want to have him lay out sure, his platform no, so that. you can? Go ahead and eat away at that platform. Make your arguments. That, uh, that's a good analogy. The only add-on I would add is that in this case, here's a guy who's facing p- potential legal issues, is already under investigation by multiple prosecutors. I mean, there's so much else going on here. Um, but yeah, he'll likely become the nominee, but is it because of media also enhancing that? Difficult question. We'll continue to explore it here this morning on Wisconsin's Morning News. I say about Summerfest, Eric, and this is true of many festivals. I would say the same about State Fair and many of our... See if you get the saying right. Susan used to get it wrong every time. If you aren't going for free, you're not working hard <laughs> okay, enough. Okay, you're in the neighborhood, but no. If you don't get a free ticket, no, you're not trying hard enough. That's not the wording. It's if you pay full price to get into ah. Summerfest, you just didn't try very hard. <laughs> okay. A million ways to get into the festival for free or for a discount, all the different gate promotions that they have. And then today at 10 o'clock this morning in celebration of National Concert Week, Summerfest putting on its huge sale, $25 tickets to see headlining acts for this year's big gig. So these are some of the big shows. They call it the $25 all-in ticket. Gets you into Summerfest and to the big show of these select nights. Now, not all the shows qualify for this, so I'll read you the list. 
Uh, Eric Church and L. King on June 22nd. Zach Brown Band with Marcus King on the 23rd, June 24th. So basically the whole run of that uh, weekend there for Summerfest. James Taylor and Cheryl Crow on June 24th. And then Odessa, uh, that concert on June 30th as well. All of these qualify for the $25 all-in ticket. They go on sale today, a limited number, only on Ticketmaster. Okay, 25 bucks ain't bad. I mean, I was just bumping around just to see where, where are prices at mm-hmm. for these shows on the resale market right now. Like for Zach Brown tickets, if you wanted to buy them on StubHub or something like that, are 70 bucks or so. I don't know if there are any like general tickets still available sure. for the shows or whatever, but either way, 25 bucks. I well, mean, it's I, worth a look-see. Again, we're sure. old enough to remember when they used to get just have the hand stamp. Right. When you got into Summerfest and there were grass seats for free or the... Bleacher seats for free. Did that multiple times. Oh, that was awesome. And people would go, like, if you were, like, a downtown worker, I, I know people would do that. They'd go in, for when lunch. the gates open at yep. noon on yep. their lunch, zip on over to the Marcus, and, and then the Marcus Amphitheater, and get, get your stamped. hand stamped. Yep. yep. Brilliant maneuver. Did that to see Bon Jovi. I was working that day. Bunch of college buddies in the mm, mid-90s, I guess. Okay. Came by, hey, dude, we're going to Bon Jovi now. I'm like, I'm working. I can't. Like, Just take a break and come down. We're going to get a hand stamp. Sure enough, did that. So how'd you get out of working that night? I wasn't. I was I was day oh, shift that day. Okay. So I was like well noon done. to six or whatever I was. Well done. So, so they didn't out. see the stamp on your hand. <laughs> Wonder where you hey, were did going. You, uh, no, that was like from other things. <laughs> 544 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Sports next with Brandon. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After winning their last two games after a rough road trip, the Brewers' offense found themselves struggling against the Dodgers pitching as they dropped game two of three to L.A., this one by a final score of six to two. They did, especially early. I thought, you know, their, their guys, you know, kind of cruised through the second, third, uh, fourth, you know, pr- pretty good. Fifth, really, pretty good. Um, we got some stuff going when, against Miller and made it tough on Gratterall, but, um, you know, they got through those middle innings, you know, where we, we couldn't kind of disrupt how they wanted to, to go the rest of the game, unfortunately. It has been an up-and-down season for Brewer starter Eric Lauer, who got the start on Tuesday night. He went th- uh, three and two-thirds innings while surrendering three earned runs. That's that's the nice thing is recently overall I, I feel like it's been been happy with the mechanical side of things and the uh, and the pitch side of things. It's more it's, at this point it's just a confidence thing. It's starting to wear in the confidence and that's something that I need to change between starts a little bit, get get my head on straight and um, have the confidence to go out there and, and make pitches. The 20 and 16 Brewers will go for the series victory today. Coverage begins right here on WTMJ at 12.05. Clayton Kershaw versus Wade Miley today. Over to the NFL, where the Packers will make Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, and Kenny Clark all available to the media today as the off-season activities continue in Green Bay. The OTAs are just a few weeks out. For head coach Matt LaFleur, he can see the growth in his new starter thanks to some help from an old coach. Watching him last year, I think Jordan's made some huge strides. I really do, and I think a lot of it is a credit to Tom, and and just he knows how to train these guys. He knows how to drill them. Um, There's no doubt. I asked Jordan after the season how he felt about him, and he said he he loved Tom and thought he did a hell of a job helping him, you know, develop over the course of the year. And for me, it was a no-brainer. It's just whether or not Tom wanted to come back. Soon the Packers will know what love and company are up against this season as the NFL is set to release their 2023 schedule 
on Thursday. And lastly, over to the NBA, where the Philadelphia 76ers and Denver Nuggets grabbed wins on Tuesday night, giving both teams the three games to two series lead. Philly takes down Boston by a final score of 115 to 103, and Denver cools down the Suns 118 to 102. Round two continues tonight with Miami and New York tipping off at 6.30, followed by the Lakers and Warriors at 9 p.m. Coming up, if artificial intelligence takes over a huge percentage of jobs we currently know, how can that be good for the U.S. economy? That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Five fifty-two on Wisconsin's morning news. I, what's the level? What's the what's the amount of discussion about this that people want? You think on the artificial intelligence? You're fascinated by it. I'm both fascinated and terrified by yeah, it. Yeah, there's a little bit of. It's hard not to be terrified by it. It's uh, just it's moving so fast. It's like lightning speed. Like I don't feel like we were really talking a lot about artificial intelligence mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Maybe a little bit. It was out there. And then a year ago, hey, this is kind of gaining traction. And now it's like week to week, we have huge new advancements. Right. And I feel like we got to keep our eye on the situation because all of a sudden it could be beyond us before we even realize it. Bill Gates was just on with ABC talking to Rebecca Jarvis. Are you scared? We're all scared that a bad guy could grab it. Uh, let's say the bad guys get ahead of the good guys. Then something like cyber attacks you know, could be driven by an AI. So that's Bill Gates, basically. I mean, listen to that first sentence. Are you scared? We're all scared. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> We're Red all flag. scared. Red flag. Uh, I think the greater concern... You know, Gates says we're we're worried about some bad, bad actors, actors getting yeah. a hold of this, which is a thing. What if sure. the computer is the bad actor? Yeah. That's the that's the question that we don't have fully and wrapped our arms around. We're not right? quite there yet, according to many uh, AI experts. That this idea that computers can go above and beyond and recreate and rethink and reinvent isn't quite there yet. They are within a parameter that is built for them. However, they can still take things, take jobs. And all of that. Here's what um, his name is. His name is. This, hold on, I want to make sure I get it right. This is uh, one of our experts here. Sean Went. No, this is <laughs> John Shinlinden. He is. Uh, he's been knighted. His name. Oh man, I just lost his name. I'll bring you his Sir name here in a second. Sean yes, Wendt? we'll go with Sure Sean Went. Here he discusses what three main factors of what the issue is. There are three areas of society that uh, I think need to be thought about. The first is with the large models and the potential, uh, how do you determine what's true and what's not? All right, so that's Sir Patrick Valenser. So he's saying, all right, so when you see pictures of the Pope wearing a puffy coat, how do you know if that's really the Pope wearing a puffy coat? That one got you. That's that funny. That did get me. I thought that was a kick-ass coat. No, it's <laughs> He fake. looks really good. He has his white puffy coat on. Just wasn't actually wearing Not it. real. All right, so that's one. As you can get replication of all sorts of things. A second is there will be a big impact on jobs. And that impact could be as big as the Industrial Revolution was. How are we going to think about that? We'll get to more on the jobs here in a second. Over a slightly longer time frame. And the third, of course, is what happens uh, with these things when they get uh, to start to do things you really didn't expect. And what are the risks associated with that? That may be a slightly longer term uh, question. Yeah, so that's not coming tomorrow. That's several years down the line, potentially, if it starts to do things that you don't expect. All right, fears so, one in three are capital for me. Yeah. The middle fear, I think we 
always throughout history have adapted to new technology. And there's always this fear of it's going to take all the jobs. And then we learn to adapt and we create new jobs sure. around it. But what if it does take all the jobs? All the jobs. So that's according to uh, AI guru Ben Gertzel, who's been out talking about this for years. He's uh, Brazilian-American. He's been doing TED Talks. All- He's been out there for years. Kind of an eccentric, kind of an odd duck. However, has some interesting insight on this. He says... You could probably obsolete maybe 80% of jobs that people do. Whoa. Wow. 80%. Uh, that's what he told the Newswire during a recent Web Summit conference in Rio de Janeiro. Isn't so, that like the plot line of WALL-E, though? You know, the, the machines yes. all take care of everything, yeah. and then we just get all big and ride around in floating up on chairs. the space cruiser, right? <laughs> Just lounging all day? Drinking, you know, ICs and stuff. So what I think is interesting, though, is that he's really not that concerned about it, Debbie. He says, I don't think it's a threat. I think it's a benefit. People can find better things to do with their life than work for a living. Like but all, do people, though? That's the thing. Like well, the And then how do we get paid? Wally. Well, see, yeah. That's, my, yeah, yeah. that's my question. How, how are you going to pay for rent if you're not doing anything right if somebody else's computer is doing all the work like you don't own that how do we get paid how do we buy the groceries now he does feel that there is going to be a gap in there the problem i see is in the interim period when ais are obsoleting one human job after another i don't know how to solve all those social issues so like as we move into that reality what do we do in the meantime meanwhile like my kid wants to be an architect um okay is that a good idea for him to be an architect I have no idea if AI is going to take all that over here in a few years. A certain amount of it can already be done, right? But then you always, we continuously talk about, and this still needs to play out, what degree of human creativity do we still want? But they're de- inventing AI that's making stuff up that feels human. Mm-hmm. What was the music? Wasn't oh, it, Oasis. Uh, There's a whole yeah. new Oasis album out that they had nothing to do with. <laughs> they didn't make. There's weekend music. The weekend had nothing to do with it. And people liked it. It was good. Sounded just like him.